Let us pray. A devout man, and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people, and prayed to God always. Acts 10.2 Dear God, may the power of your word always be present in my heart. Help me to understand the power of your word as I make decisions today. Help me to be loyal and trust in the plans that you have for my life. The journey to discovering my true purpose lies in surrendering to you. Grant me your wisdom so that I can make thoughtful decisions based upon your truth. May I always be as merciful and loving as you are. Amen. Thank you for joining us in prayer. Now for the Relentless Hope Podcast with Steve Gatina, where we bring you true stories and personal testimonies that will help you love your life, lead with purpose, and leave a legacy of helping others. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Our society is often focused on ego and the pursuit of external rewards, leading us to believe that we control our destinies. However, this is a fallacy. The truth is that God is the one who controls our lives, and we serve Him by surrendering everything we have to His will. Though it may seem daunting, surrendering our hearts to God is a liberating and peaceful experience. We must trust in Him and rely on prayer and His Word to help us continually surrender our lives to Him. On this episode of Relentless Hope, Sally Burke, President of Moms in Prayer International, shares her personal journey of surrendering her life to God. She went from a successful career as a space shuttle engineer to being a stay-at-home mom who found Jesus and committed her life to Him. Sally's story shows us that when we surrender to God, He will carry us through all of life's trials and tribulations. She shares the heart-wrenching experiences of almost losing two of her children and how she relied on prayer to surrender control of their lives to God. 
as leaders, we must also surrender our hearts to God to lead in a way that honors him. Sally encourages us to surrender to God's will for our leadership and to turn to the Bible as the greatest leadership book in the world, featuring God and Jesus as the greatest leaders in the world. Sally is also passionate about leaving a legacy of prayer. Prayer is the most powerful tool available to us and it invites God's presence and power into our lives and the lives of those around us. We are created and fueled by God's power through prayer. And we have the ability to change not just individual lives, but entire communities and countries. In conclusion, God has given us the gift of life and we must let go of the illusion of control to live a surrendered life that allows him to work through us. Welcome to today's episode of Relentless Hope with Sally Burke. Not too long ago, Sally Burke rushed her son to the hospital when she thought he was having stomach pains. Uh, my uh, son David, his um, intestines had exploded. We didn't know he had Crohn's diseases. All we knew he had a tummy ache. Took him um, into the hospital there. And I could tell his body was going into shock and, and they did not know what to do. They just knew he was in great pain. And I remember the specialist coming in and he says, we, we don't know what to do exactly. And I knew we only had a, a matter of a short time. So I asked the doctor, you, you pray. I remember getting on my knees and praying, going, Lord, his life is yours. You can either take him, heal him by taking him home or heal him here. And I asked the doctor, if it was your son, what would you do? And he said, I'd go in and I'd operate. On episode one of this three-part series, the president of Moms in Prayer, Sally Burke, talks about her life growing up as a NASA engineer, working on space shuttles, and turning to prayer during her son's life-threatening event. She transformed her life, found God, and now gets to impact others for Christ. I want to begin by by sharing with you really my life philosophy. I really believe life is a precious gift from God and every breath we breathe, we can live this glorious life for Christ as he has lived for us and given us all that we need. God has chosen us before the foundations of this world to live an extraordinary life. He created us in a an incredible way with our DNA, our giftedness, our weakness, and and our past and our future, all to bring glory to His name. And if we allow Him, we can bless others too. We are created to be loved by Him, to love Him. We are created for His pleasure, His fellowship, and, and to really find out what is our calling here on this earth. My life story is a story of much forgiven, much given, now so much to live for. I was very fortunate to grow up in Cocoa Beach, Florida, and it was a beautiful place to grow up. It was a very peaceful place. And I want you to imagine this. We lived uh, where the ocean waters just were in our backyard because of man-made outlets and, and porpoises, sea turtles, and sea manatees. And we swam with them and, and our on our dock, they were land flamingos. And, Pelicans. It was an amazing, amazing place to grow up. And 
We also uh, could watch and see from our backyards or on the beaches, uh, the Apollos take off. And, and most of our dads worked in Cape Canaveral on the, the spacecraft, the man craft, the, the craft that took man to the moon. And, and so that was my growing up experience. And my mom, who had four kids, kept us very busy. We did sports, all of us, and my chosen sports were swimming, which led to lifeguarding. And then I played tennis, which led to the high school tennis team, which all, all of that impacted my life and really gave me a vision of, of what it meant to persevere when things got hard. We are very blessed. Our schools were great. Some of our teachers were former engineers on the Apollos. They came home to raise their kids and they taught us, and they taught us such things as math. And my dad was great on helping me with math and calculus was my thing, and it served me well. When I, I went to college, I graduated from the School of Business, and, and the thing that I focused on was called quantitative analysis, computers and calculus. And as soon as I graduated, they grabbed me and took me, and I moved to California, and I worked on the space shuttle. And what I did there on the space shuttle was um, as we, we worked at the assembly plant where they, they put these space shuttles together, and we would test them afterwards to see is the environmental control working, is the main propulsion system working. And if you saw hidden figures, those computers that those women were working on is what I worked on. It was extremely exciting, but it was also extremely demanding. And I remember this one time in particular, there's only like five of us women engineers and we really had to prove ourselves. And at one time, one of the computers went out and I, uh, and the manager came down and was just yelling at me in front of everybody, you're costing us $10,000 an hour until those computers get back up. And that was my job, to make sure they got back up. And, and to, if there was a problem, I had to decipher it and see what was going on. And it was amazing uh, to watch the space shuttles take off and defy gravity. But soon, I, I met my husband there. He is a fellow engineer. and. We had a child and we had a son, and I realized pretty quickly they're a lot more complex than the space shuttle. And for me, I need to come home and stay and, and raise him because my work, it could be seven days a week, it could be 12 hours a day, and I wouldn't have got to raise my children. So I, we chose for me to come home, and my husband still worked. And I remember one day he comes home and he's working long hours just like I was, commuting. And by this time we had two and I had one child on the hip and one holding on to my legs. And we always greeted my husband when he came in. And he comes in, he goes, Sally, and he had tears in his eyes. He goes, I was listening to the radio station and John MacArthur was on. And he goes, I pulled over and I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I thought, whoa, what's happened to my husband? He must have had a nervous breakdown or something, you know, it, this isn't right. It did not compute in my brain because you see, as we worked on the space show, we worked with the, the brilliant, most brilliant minds from around the world and really our intellect was our God. You know, we, we defied gravity. We did this, we did that. And it, it wasn't, you know, even though I grew up in the South and I believed there was a God, I believed that Jesus, you know, but I didn't live that surrendered life. You know, if you live in the South, they go, what church do you go to? What college football team do you like? And you go to church, but he didn't live that surrendered life. And my husband did, he surrendered his life to the Lord and made him his savior. And 
within a matter of time, I watched him walk in, in such a way, a peaceful way, a way that said no to the world, because we, we were living fully for the world, and a very selfish life. You, that's what you do if you don't know who God is. And that Christmas, my husband uh, buys me, I was used to him buying me diamonds and different things like that. He bought me a Bible. He told me, oh, I searched all over for just the right Bible. And I'm thinking, Bible, Bible. So I opened it up and I began to read it. And I, and I read, you know, first of all, I read uh, Genesis. You know, I mean, you think about it. God spoke the heavens and the earth into being. And, and I, I saw science in that. I mean, it takes time, energy, and space to create anything. And only God could create something from nothing. There is that scientific analysis that was true. And he created it. And so I went to the book of Psalms and all that I learned in college, everything that told me there was no God. I saw whoever wrote this Bible was brilliant. He could make simple truth, a complex truth so simple and profound that I, even I can understand it. And then I read the book of John and I saw that Jesus was God. And right then and there, I surrendered my life to the Lord. I had no idea. I mean, I hadn't started going to church. I didn't know what he did, but I, I began to be transformed. And from that point on, I've lived the most extraordinary life you could ever imagine. I mean, I get to watch lives transformed. I, I was saved out of darkness into His glorious light. And now I, I get to be a part of impacting others for Christ. And, and it, it has just totally changed me. There's nothing like it. I remember when I was talking to Dr. Dobson one time, I've talked to him twice, and both times he asked me, because he was so into the space program, he goes, do you miss working on the space shuttle? I said, no, what I get to do now, that was exciting. I get to be a part of an amazing prayer ministry in which lives are forever changed and touched by God through the power of prayer. Great power in taking a shuttle up, but even greater power as people come together and pray. God has a great plan for our lives. And, and I, I think about that. I was forgiven. I lived a life of sin. Yet Jesus forgave me. I, I lived an abundant life. I was very fortunate with parents who loved me unconditionally. Parents who, who taught me right over wrong. And, and I lived that life. And now that I'm saved, I get to live a full, exciting life for Christ. And, and it's never, ever been the same. So that's my life, and, and, and now I, I serve as president of the Moms and Prayer, and I get to watch lives all over the world in 146 different countries transform daily. Daily as they meet with God face to face. That's what our life is about. Our life is about God. It's about living this fullness of life that He has given us, this abundant life that He wants us to, to live. Before the foundations of this earth, He chose us unto Him to live that kind of life. And, and, and so for you guys out there, that, that's my desire for you. Every day I wake up, I thank God for this breath that I have today. Life is hard. My life's been, since I became a Christian, you know, kind of went easy before as a Christian. And after I became a Christian, um, both of my boys, they're young adults now married. They have gone through life, uh, changing life, threatening lifelong diseases. Both of them been in the hospital, one for over a year, another one, for 12 days and both of them almost died and and yet they still live with these lifelong diseases yet Christ in them. One's an incredible evangelist. The other one is a, a young man who walks integrity of, of God. Both of them are married and, and yet in those trials and those tribulations and 
watching my dad take his last breath. The, he died of emphysema. That's hard to lift him up and know he's taking his last breath. Yet God carries us through and he carries us through in such an incredible way that we can turn around and, and bless another that has gone through trials and tribulations. Uh, my uh, son, David, he, he almost died. His um, intestines had exploded. We didn't know he had Crohn's diseases. All we knew he had a tummy ache took him um, into the hospital there. And I could tell his body was going into shock and, and they did not know what to do. They just knew he was in great pain. And I remember the specialist coming in and he says, we, we don't know what to do exactly. And I knew we only had a, a matter of a short time. So I asked the doctor, hey, you pray. I remember getting on my knees and praying, going, Lord, his life is yours. You can either take him, heal him by taking him home or heal him here. And I asked the doctor, if it was your son, what would you do? He said, I'd go in and I'd operate. And they went in and they were able to uh, tie his intestines together and really save his life. The most remarkable thing to me about that, my son was like triple majoring and he was getting his CPA license and he was being interviewed by top CPA uh, companies. And a few days after he came home from the hospital, he goes, you know, mom, I was thinking about it. I, I was talking to God and I said, you know, what if I just have two years to live? And, and he's lived past those two years. He goes, how would I live for God? He changed his totally his major. He's now in the medical field. Uh, he's impacting others, has a very compassionate heart that would help anybody at any time to do anything. And I think about how God used that trial, as scary it is for a mom, but to transform my son, I always pray that my kids would love God even more passionately than I do and live a life that is 100% for him. And I, I watched him do that. My other son, when he was 15, he had grand mal seizures. And I remember when we got the first phone call, he was spending the night at some friends and I got a phone call, something wasn't right. Ambulance come flying by our house and I knew it was for him. And when I walked in the door, he was at the end of his grandma and his eyes were rolling back in his head. And me being the great prayer warrior, what do I do? I faint not once, but twice. And we, they get him into the ambulance and, and bring him to the hospital there and can pray for him. But it, it was a series of grandma seizures for years. And the different medicines, they would be up and down that they would take him. We really lost who he was, his personality, because his medicines change who you are. But the most remarkable thing to me was he never lost his love for Jesus Christ. And um, a few years ago, his brain literally just shut down. It just, it just stopped talking to itself and stopped being able to move or talk. And, and I, I remember we were in the hospital with him and they were able to save him in time, give him a shot that would keep his brain awake and eventually got him on medicine that helps uh, the brain waves work in his brain. And we're taking him around uh, the hospital. And my son is such an evangelist. He loves Jesus. And even in the state, he kept saying, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. And his beard had grown, his hair was on top of his head. and. I looked at my husband as we're walking him around with the IV. I go, we got John the Baptist here. And, and I remember telling him, Ryan, you may scare people. They won't, they won't understand. Wait till you can fully talk and walk and so they can understand the gospel that you're trying to tell them. And, and uh, several months later, he's doing better. He's doing great. Uh, the medicine has really helped and his brain's working just great. And, and a few months after that, we went to the doctor's office and he's walking, he's talking and we run into a kid, a young man in his 20s, he has a bike beside him. And he goes, um, Ryan starts saying, hey man, I like your bike. I know what he's gonna do, he's gonna share Jesus with this guy. So I step back, let him do his thing. 
And pretty soon they're going back and forth talking. Pretty soon the guy goes, man, I recognize you. And Ryan goes, great. You know, he's thinking, and I'm thinking, oh no. And he goes, a couple months ago, you came up to me at Carl's and you told me, Jesus loves me, I need to go to church. He goes, I've been going to church. It's the most amazing thing. And, and I just rejoice in that. You know, uh, we can be thankful in all things because God has a plan for it. So this young man is, is going to church and we get to witness God working through him, even in the depths of the worst possible place. I would never want my boys normally. I would never say, okay, God, that's a good idea. Let's do that. But God carries you through it. And then when you look back, you get to see God's handprint through it all. You get to see him glorified and others impacted. And that's life. Life is hard. It's not easy. But with God, God in the midst of it, we can walk um, unshaken in it and through it. Joshua was not a perfect man. He fell, he blew it on occasions, but he got up and he kept going. At the end of his life, he said, it's for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And that's what we learned. We're gonna make mistakes, but we're gonna get up and we're gonna keep going. So I, I wanna implore you, if you are a leader, and I say if you're a mom, you're a dad, you're a leader. If you have employees under you, you're a leader. If you're in a ministry, you're a leader. Learn from the Word of God. On episode two of this three-part series, Sally Burke teaches us about the power of listening to God and sharing your victories. She explains how her moms in prayers led and encouraged leadership all over the world. As a leader, she impacts children every day through prayer. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. In my life, the first leaders I witnessed was, of course, my parents and, and how they unconditionally loved us, how they led us, and how we felt the freedom to fail and get up and, and do it again. And, and I was an extremely average, ordinary person that had no extraordinary gifts or talents or anything. And and I, I remember how my parents gave me so much confidence in just who I was. This is 
who and how God created me and, and He could do great things through me. And I remember at the age of 15 doing something that was extraordinary where this young boys baseball team, they're my age, they're 14 and 15, they didn't have a coach. No dad wanted to coach them. They said, hey, you know baseball, because my dad taught me to pitch like a guy. He goes, hey, will you be our coach? And then we got a young adult, because we need an adult to coach us. And we began to coach this baseball um, team. And, and we I encouraged them the same way my parents is, is you encourage them, you lead them forward, you can do it, just get up and give it your best try. And if you feel that's okay. And it was so cool because by the end of the season, we were battling for first place. We ended up losing, but we got second place and all the other teams had dads coaching them. But my parents and their leadership allowing me, I mean, they loved me unconditionally, they disciplined me, but then they also gave me the freedom to fail and to get up and, and learn again. And I'll, I'll never forget that. And then of course, the next ones that you usually have are teachers and and you always saw the good leadership, uh, a teacher that had a calm class and every, every student in there, no matter their ability, felt like they could learn something and they end up liking that. And, and those that weren't, uh, it was chaos and mayhem in the classrooms and, and people could not learn. And so you learn from that, uh, you know, as a, a leader, a teacher leads the class and then coaches. You know, I had some great coaches. I had those coaches that we thrived if we won, we thrived if we lost, and we were one for another. We cheered each other on, and we gave it our all, and we gave that because that was a, a great leader. And with my undergraduate and my master's program, I read so many books on leadership, secular, and then when I became a Christian, Christian uh, books on leadership, but I gotta tell you this, if you wanna be a great leader, the greatest book that's ever written on any subject, of course, is the Bible. But the Bible is the greatest leadership book ever written. It has deep riches and truths about leading. We think the greatest leader, of course, is God who leads creation, who spoke creation, knows why you were made. He's leading you forward each and every day. You have the Holy Spirit within you, guiding you. But it also has stories of leaders, good leaders and bad leaders. I'm reading through 1 Kings and 2 Chronicles. There's some great kings and there's some very, very bad kings. And you get to learn from them. The good kings followed God. They followed his word. They didn't fear man. Oh, we can never as a leader fear man. Our whole goal in life is to please God. And, and we have to remember that as you lead, it's never about you. God has handpicked you, chose you to be a leader. He's gonna empower you, he's gonna equip you, but you must feast upon his word. You must learn through his word. We look at Daniel, we look at David, we look at Joshua, we look at uh, um, even the women, Esther and, and Deborah. Now we have some great leaders in there that are living examples for us. And you know, in Moms in Prayer, we have tens of thousands of leaders. And, and the very first base of a leader is a Moms in Prayer woman who is gathered. If you don't know what Moms in Prayer is, it's where two or more women gather together one hour once a week and they pray. That's their goal, and they pray for children in schools. Our mission is to impact children in schools for Christ through prayer. And that leader has women that come into her house, and she leads them to the very throne of God to battle for the lives of the children in the schools. 
And what she focuses on is who God is, His Word. So she starts with praise. God enters the praises of His people. She gets to know who God is. God's going to lead her victorious. He's the victorious one. She takes her eyes and the women's eyes off of their situations, off of their trials, off of their uh, tribulations, focuses it on who God is according to His Word. And then there's silent confession. We want to make sure the Holy Spirit moves in us. And then there's a time rejoicing, thanksgiving. You think about in Psalm 78, uh, where God says, tell your children's children what I have done. Don't be like the sons of Ephraim who were in the midst of battle, fully dressed and ran because they forgot the great things I had done. A time of thanksgiving. And then we intercede using God's word. It's all about him. It's all about his word. And I tell you this truth, wherever there's a Moms in Prayer group, we have over 100,000 women around the world, we see victory, we see revival, we see spiritual awakening, but it's all about Him and His Word. And in fact, as a ministry, because I have leaders of leaders, I have area coordinators, and so they're leading the leaders. So in a city, let's say you have 30 schools covered, you have 30 leaders, that area coordinator must develop, train in, and, and send forth and encourage her leadership. Well, well, how's she gonna do that? And then I have people over them, state coordinators, then all the way up to country coordinators all over the world. The Word of God, the Word of God is powerful and it transcends all cultures, all languages. They can be there in Africa. We have groups in Africa, I have groups in Europe, I have groups in Oceania, South America, Latin America, North America, all over. The Word of God transcends it. So what I did with them last year, I said, we're gonna focus on the book of Joshua. We're going to read through it. We're, we're going to digest it. We're going to, and we're going to see how Joshua, one man, led his people, a million people, victoriously into the land that God was going to give them. Now, God was going to fight for them and through them, but they had to know this. And, and, and so I think about our women. They're like Joshua's. It, it, it can be in Gabon, Africa. It, it can be in South America. It doesn't matter. That school is the land they're fighting for. They're fighting for the very souls of the children. And, and every time they pray, they bring victory. But as they read God's word together, God is the one that teaches them and trains them. I mean, I have the responsibility of, of tens of thousands of leaders. I'm going to point them to God. I'm going to point them to his word. And as we read it together, we grasp you know, what God is saying and how to follow him. Joshua was not a perfect man. He fell, he blew it on occasions, but he got up and he kept going. At the end of his life, he says, for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And that's what we learn. We're gonna make mistakes, but we're gonna get up and we're gonna keep going. So I, I wanna implore you, if you are a leader, and I say, if you're a mom, you're a dad, you're a leader. If you have employees under you, you're a leader. If you're in a ministry, you're a leader. Learn from the Word of God. Learn the lessons that you, you can learn. I, I, I look at Joseph Jehoshaphat. He was a great king. He followed God. But then he bound himself with King Ahab, who was a worldly king. One, King Jehoshaphat was a king of Judea, uh, that kingdom. And, and then you had Ahab, the king of Israel. Well, he was Ahab did not follow God. But Jehoshaphat wanted unity. We can never have unity with the world. We, we just can't do it. He bond together. He went to battle with him. He almost died. He comes back and God speaks to him. God rebukes him. As soon as he gets on there, a prophet comes up to him and asks him, what were you doing? You know, and, and, and then Jehoshaphat catches what God 
is saying to him, and he immediately takes his people, he points to God. As a leader, we must always point to God. Jehoshaphat is gonna have great victories. You're gonna see him in 2 Chronicles 20, victorious over three vast armies who comes to him. But what he did before that was very important. He took all the people of that land and he sought the Lord. And they all sought the Lord. Then he set up leadership. And, and, and throughout, they had judges, they had different people. And, and I love what he said to them, not to fear man, but to seek God. Judge justly, but seek God's face. And, and I want to read this because I think it's important. We have a tendency to want to please man. And in our hearts, we must only please God. Believe this or not, whatever decision you make, uh, the statistical analysis is 19% of those people are not going to be happy. So we must seek the face of God as a leader and say, okay, God, what is your will? Surrender. Jesus Christ, the greatest leader he, that ever walked the, the face of the earth, always surrendered his will to the Lord to his very last breath. Not my will, but your will be done. And we have to do that as a leader. We have to get in such a state as we have no will of our own but only the will of the Father. We never can be man-pleasers. We look at Paul, what a great leader. Paul led the people, but he continually said that, I am not here to please man. I'm only here, my life is only here to please God. One of the most valuable things I think you can do as a leader is listen, is listen and hear those that you are serving, those that you are leading. I will go to major events and meet, I travel a lot, meet women all over the world, and there's expectation that I'm gonna talk to them. Well, I do share with them, I do encourage them, I do empower them, I do equip them. But I found out the best thing I can do is listen to them and hear them. So what I do when I go to these events, I hear them, what's working, what's not working? What are you struggling with? share your victories. And what I notice in that, these women, as they begin to share what God's doing in their lives, all of a sudden they raise up to the next level of leadership. We must always, always hear the people. We must first hear God and listen to his word, but we must hear the people. I read um, uh, every other month reports from 146 countries. And the reason I do that, I take time to read each one and they're simple. Short is, what is going on? What's God doing? Am I hearing his voice? Am I hearing the women of the field? Am I learning? Am I growing? And we will always grow in our leadership, but we'll grow by listening to God and listening to those that are under us. And and then in that, we will serve them well. And I, I want to read this. This is from uh, Francesco Fenelline, a, a saint of old. But this is what he says, let yourself be humble. Calm and silence under humiliation are a great benefit to the soul. Do not get angry about what people say. Let them talk while you try to do God's will. As to the will of man, you can never come to the end of satisfying it, nor is it worth the trouble. Silence and peace, union with God, ought to comfort you under whatever men falsely say. You must be friendly to them without counting on their friendship. They come and they go. Let them go. They are but a shaft scattered by the wind. And, and when I want to say, don't be surprised that the enemy comes after you. You have a big target on you. You're a leader. If he, if he can knock out the shepherd, then, then the sheep go astray. And, and the enemy will even use uh, people of faith to come against you. I just recently, I had a woman call me and, and she had like two and a half pages of ought against me. 
and and she wanted just to let me hear it and just go for it. And some of it, some of the criticism, I can take ownership and say, I am so sorry. I never intended that and I can apologize. But some of it was not true. And I'm able to hold up that shield of faith. We're supposed to be strong in the Lord, strength of his might, put on that full armor of God so we can stand against the walls of Satan. And I lifted up that shield of faith. And she's like, wait, 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 I want to finish this list. I said, no, I'm going to speak to you the truth and love. And it, it was pretty cool because after that, I pointed her to God and what God has done in our ministry and how we should be thankful and how she was a part of it. Pretty soon we ended by praying and she says, I'm burning that page. I'm done with those two and a half pages. And, and you know, you can't blame man. Man's emotions go up and down every such way. Your eyes as a leader focuses on God and God alone. You are called to this position. God knows your tomorrows. He knows your yesterdays. He says, call on me. I'll answer you. I'll show you great and mighty things you do not know. And then you go forward listening to him. Some days you'll be liked and some days you won't. Your only thing that you can do is please God. And you must surrender your heartbeat to him and allow him to move through you. Pray, pray all the time. Pray for yourself. Pray for those that you lead. Know that you'll stumble. Know that you'll make mistakes. Admit it. Always, always know that your leadership is all about him, not about you, and it's about others. And I, I want to share with you uh, what God will do if you do that. You will see revival. You will see spiritual awakening. You will see immeasurably more than you ever could ask or imagine according to his power that's worked within you and to him be the glory. If you lead in such a way that's filled with God, filled with the Holy Spirit and following Jesus. And I remember the very first answer to prayer that I saw was the first grade teacher that my son's classroom was in. This boy was sick and, and he was in the hospital and they didn't think he was gonna make it through the weekend. She grabs me, she goes, you're part of that prayer group. Will you pray for this boy? And, and we did. And so the next Monday I run to class and I wanna know how he is. And she goes, he's great, he's healed. And I'm like, I'm amazed, like, wow, how'd that happen? And she goes, you prayed. We all know it's a miracle. And, and that was my first big answer to prayer. Well, that changed that boy's life. That changed that parent's life, changed that teacher's life and they got to witness the power of prayer. On episode three of this three-part series, Sally Burke wants to help moms from all over the world and talks about a time when a woman from Rwanda helped tribes transform a whole community through prayer. We learn how she found the power of prayer and how prayer can leave an incredible legacy. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. 
It's about the ethos that we embody, rugged, resilient, and timeless. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. All of us are going to leave a legacy of some type. We all want it to be good. And, and what I'm going to share with you is the legacy of prayer. That's what I'm most familiar with. That's what I'm witnessing. That's what I'm seeing happening all over the world. Prayer is the avenue that God himself has chosen to bless his people. He tells us that in James 4, 2, you have not because you ask not. Prayer is inviting his presence and power into our lives, into our families' lives, into our situations, into our world. Prayer is where God ushers his will here on this earth as it is in heaven. It is the greatest power available to mankind when prayer is combined with his word. Prayer becomes an unstoppable force no matter what is going on here in this world. And and prayer can change the circumstances, history of what is about to happen. Prayer can intervene with that. I'm gonna share some biblical stories, but I wanna share you some lifetime stories with me. And this is what I want you to know about prayer. When every time you take a moment to utter prayer, that's an eternal gift. And it long lives after you. One of my dearest friends left a legacy of prayer. She passed away over 20 years ago, and I met her and moms in prayer. We prayed together for her three daughters. And when she would pass away, they'd be young. They'd be 12 and 10 and four years old. Well, these girls still stay in contact with me. And I remember when her oldest came home from college, and I remember vividly her mother's prayers and her daughter would share with me uh, her life on campus. And she said, you know, I I just don't want to do drugs. And I just don't want to sleep with my boyfriend. I just, and I'm thinking, that's because your mom prayed that. That's because your mom prayed that. Now her mom had died a decade before that. And yet those prayers live long after we do. And her, her daughters today are all three serving the Lord. And this one in particular is now also in moms in prayer and she's impacting lives for Christ. So, so that legacy of prayer, many things we can do will, will pass away in this lifetime, but prayer will last long after you have prayed. God has chosen you and I to be his vehicles to accomplish his will. We are created and fueled by his power, and that happens through prayer. In prayer, we can change the destiny of not only a life, a community, a country. And prayer can leave a legacy from generation to generation to generation. I want to give you an example of my own life. Somebody prayed for me. They they prayed me out of darkness into his glorious light. And, And now I get the opportunity of praying for children and schools. And and I want to share with you what that type of legacy does as we pray for the children. We we began to to pray on this elementary school and 
and these teachers and, and the students, and we always pray positively. We always pray if they don't know the Lord, may their eyes be open, may they turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God, so they can be forgiven of their sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in Christ. And God answered those prayers. So we saw 14 out of the 22 teachers come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior on this public school campus. And the thing that's so amazing, not only did the teachers, but their whole families came to know Jesus Christ. And that changed the whole culture of that public school as one, one uh, teacher after another came to know Jesus Christ. And now they have what they call teachers in prayer on that campus that have been praying for well over a decade. Also, we, we began to pray. As I prayed for my own child, I learned to pray in moms in prayer. I, I didn't even know how to pray. After I came to know the Lord, I read in the book of, of Luke how Jesus taught the disciples to pray. So I called out to him, oh Lord, teach me to pray. And prayer is about that one-on-one -on -one relationship with him, being FaceTime with him. You know how you're FaceTime with your loved ones? You're FaceTime in prayer with God. And, and he answered that prayer by teaching me to pray with a woman inviting me to pray for my children and their schools. And I walk into this room and these women are, are praising God. And I didn't pray out loud for a while, but I instantly began to see answers to prayer. And I remember the very first answer to prayer that I saw was the first grade teacher that my son's classroom was in. This boy was sick and, and he was in the hospital and they didn't think he was gonna make it through the weekend. She grabs me, she goes, you're part of that prayer group. Will you pray for this boy? And we did. And so the next Monday I run to class and I wanna know how he is. And she goes, he's great, he's healed. And I'm like, I'm amazed, like, wow, how'd that happen? And she goes, you prayed. We all know it's a miracle. And, and that was my first big answer to prayer. Well, that changed that boy's life. That changed that parent's life. Changed that teacher's life. And they got to witness the power of prayer. And so then as we began to pray for our own kids, we said, oh Lord, may they find favor in the teacher's eyes. May they have Christian friends. And may they soar academically, even those that were struggling. And God answered those, those prayers for us. And one day they're, they're all standing on the stage, their moms and her kids getting awards. They were the most outstanding students. And a friend hits me and goes, look at that. My, my son was only in third grade. I'm looking at all the other students that didn't know Jesus yet. And my heart was broken. I said, oh Lord, may all of them hear the good news. Does God care? Yes. Does he wish none should perish? Yes. And prayer's avenue in which we were gonna see revival and spiritual awakening. So we began to pray for each child by name and that they would hear the good news the gospel of salvation, believe and be so with the power of the Holy Spirit. What does God do on this public school campus? He brings a good news club. Those are children of evangelism. They came during a modified day and they shared the gospel. And I came just to hand out candy or whatever. Well, pretty soon so many kids were coming to know Jesus that they say, Sally, we need you as a counselor, come over here. And what was so utterly amazing to me was these little kids would say, I'm ready to receive Jesus. And these are kids I prayed for by name. I looked at their pictures in the yearbook and I prayed for them by name. And they put my, their hand in mine and say, okay, I'm, I'm receiving Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And I would take my ring off and I said, do you see this? I, I put in the, the clops of my hand. I said, you are now saved. And nobody can snatch you out of the Father's hand. And today, they're teachers, they're preachers, they're missionaries, they're doctors, they're lawyers, they're moms, they're dads, impacting this next generation. What a legacy is that? I remember getting a letter of this precious young woman that's in college and she got a full on uh, scholarship either to Yale or Harvard. And she said, thank you for praying for me in elementary school. I know Jesus today on this campus because of that. Now that blew my mind, praise God. 
But that's not only happening here in the United States. I, I want to share with you the power of prayer and how it can leave an incredible legacy. One of the first women I met as I began to work with our international women was a lady from Rwanda. Her two oldest kids were killed during the genocide that happened there. She comes to America, has two more kids, and, and then she um, learns about Moms in Prayer and begins to pray. And she takes it back to Rwanda and begins to show these tribes instead of fighting and killing each other, begin to pray, begin to pray for one another. And a few years later, as we trained in one leader, I love what she told me. She just said, I will no longer be known as a nation of genocide, but we will be known as a nation of prayer. That transformed a whole community. And I pray a whole country. I love how the leader of Cameroon sent her women forward. And she says, don't ask God what type of, of nation you're gonna leave this generation, but ask him what type of generation are you going to leave this nation? And that's what we have to know, and that's what we have to believe. We are going to give hope to this next generation as we pour forth our prayers to them. And I want you to hear this quote from this, this young man who's impacting. He was a mom's of prayer uh, young man, and he started impacting college campuses so much so that he started a ministry called Holtz, and his name is Nick Hall. And this is what he says. There's a generation rising up that doesn't see boundaries and knows no limits. They're hungry for the things of God and ready to go bold, fearless, full of faith. They aren't after a name as much as the name, not after fame unless it's his. There is so much hope for tomorrow. So don't let anyone tell you elsewise. I'm telling you, God, as we pray, is raising up a mighty generation all over the world. I'm witnessing, seeing it, and we must keep on praying. We must leave that type of legacy. And even thinking with my own home, I was probably the most imperfect parent one could be. I was not raised, I was raised in a good home, but not a Christian home. So I had to learn along the way. But a legacy we all can leave and a legacy of prayer. I think about my oldest boy, when my kids, uh, as they were growing up, after I had my quiet time, they'd come into my room and I would teach them to pray and we'd pray through the four steps. Well, my oldest boy, he was starting to go to high school and he says, mom, I gotta skip that prayer time because we're praying around the pool. We're praying for our fellow students and our teachers. And he continues to do that. He's now part of their church prayer team. My other daughter, my youngest, she, uh, was part of a, the high school that we prayed, oh Lord, may they impact their campus for Christ. May their campus not impact them. And her and her friends began to start a Bible study and then they began to pray for their fellow students just like we were doing, moms in prayer on there. Well, at one event, they saw 91 kids fall on their faces and receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And on that school campus, it was like a revival of more and more kids began to receive Jesus and they started going to a Bible study. I'm like, ah, oh, what are you teaching them? And she says, the book of Romans. We're all just going through the book of Romans. And today there still is a Bible study on that high school campus. And my oldest boy started on Humboldt at his college, a Bible study that's still going today. They can leave a legacy of prayer and each one lives different legacies. My, my uh, third child, my son David is a man of integrity and in our community, I always pray that wherever our kids are, they will impact our community. And he's only 24 years old. And yet when I go to a major event to rather speak or whatever it may be, I'm known as David's mom. I, I love that. He's impacting the community for Christ. He's known as a man of integrity. My daughter is a mom. 
and she's a mom who, who loves her kids. Well, that's another legacy. There's different type of legacies that we can leave. But I gotta tell you, every single one of you can leave a legacy of prayer that will long outlive you and your life and that will impact generations, communities, and countries for Christ. And we need to keep on praying, never giving up. You know, I, I was the most imperfect parent one could ever imagine. I remember my daughter coming up to me and asking if she could go to an event. And I said, no, you know, you, you can't go to that event. And she goes, well, mom, all of the other parents let them. And I said, I want to share something with you. Um, I am an imperfect parent. I'm learning. I'm going to make mistakes. And, and um, in that, God has chosen you to be part of my family. So we're going to learn this together. And, and the same daughter, I remember one time I'm getting ready to speak at this event and I needed her to rush and to hurry and to get ready for school. And I'm yelling at her, I'm going, and I drop her off for school. And then I plan to go and speak about the Lord and, and the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, and gentleness and self-control. I'd go back to the school, apologize to my daughter before I dare went there. My kids could always tell when I was a little upset um, as a matter of fact, when I would get upset and I would start to battle them, I would tell them, wait, wait, mama has to go be with Jesus. And I'd come back a different person. I'd go in my prayer closet, pray and come back. Well, pretty soon my kids started to begin to tell me, mom, mom, you need to go be with Jesus. You need to go be with Jesus. As parents, we're not going to be perfect. We just aren't going to be perfect, but God is perfect. God gets all the glory. If we pretend like we're perfect, if we never ask forgiveness, if we, we go on like we did everything right, if we do not hear or listen to our children, we do them a big disservice. So as a parent, you will leave a legacy. You can leave a powerful legacy, but also know that you're gonna fail time and time again. Just keep getting up, keep loving your kids unconditionally and keep praying for them. When we surrender our lives to God, we trust Him to use everything, including ourselves, according to His will. Surrendering to God isn't a one-time event, but a daily practice. Although it's not easy to let go of control or the illusion that we know better, the more we practice surrendering, the more peaceful we become. Surrendering our lives to God means becoming willing partners with Him knowing that we don't control everything. This week on Relentless Hope, Sally Burke, the president of Moms in Prayer International, taught us about living the surrendered life. Sally reminded us that our lives are about God and living the fullness of life that He has given us. Life is a precious gift. It's a gift from God, and He has chosen us to live an extraordinary life. He created us with all of our greatness and all of our weakness, knowing our past and forgiving us and understanding our futures and how he can work through us to bring glory to his name. Sally taught us that great leaders focus on pleasing God, not on pleasing other people. God has chosen us to be leaders and he will equip us with everything we need while empowering us to lead the people we serve. Sally urged us to spend time in prayer and to read the Bible, the greatest leadership book ever written. She told us to first listen to God, then the people we serve, 
to truly hear what they're saying. What's working? What is it? What recent victories they've had and what they're struggling with. We also learned that Sally hopes to leave a legacy of prayer. She passed on a legacy of prayer to her children and is working to realize this dream as president of Moms in Prayer International. Sally reminded us that we'll never be perfect and we all make mistakes. Still, God is perfect and he wants us to surrender everything, including our failures and mistakes, to him. She urged us to keep going after every stumble, loving our children and the people we serve unconditionally, praying for everyone and surrendering our lives to God. God has given us the most precious gift of life, and he wants to work through us to transform this world. God wants to help us transform this world, and in order to do that, we must surrender our hearts to him, to let him move through us and allow his will over ours. Jesus taught us how to do this, surrendering everything, including his life, to God's will until his final breath. By surrendering, we open our lives for God to transform them in extraordinary ways. I want you to transform someone else's life in an extraordinary way. So I'm asking you, if this podcast inspired you, please share it with someone you know. You never know the impact that one inspirational podcast can have on someone's life. My name's Steve Katina. I'm the host of the Relentless Hope podcast. And until next time, always remember to give hope a voice. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Hey, I'm here to tell you about UpFaith and Family, the leading streaming service for uplifting entertainment. It's the only place to stream all seasons of the award-winning series Heartland with exclusive content you won't see anywhere else. Binge all the past seasons and don't miss a season 17 premiere on April 25th and stream a new episode weekly. Dive into the warmth of Heartland and let UpFaith and Family be your go-to service for all things uplifting. Start your free trial today. Go to UpFaithandFamily.com for your free trial. UpFaithandFamily.com.